Good evening, Commandos. Evening, Commandos. Rooster here. And Squiggles. And we're recording Call of the Crow straight from the forest moon of Endor. Ka-caw, ka -caw. I don't know. Is that something you hear on the forest moon of Endor? I don't know. It's a forest, probably. I don't know, man. Maybe the Ewoks ate all the birds. This is quite possible. I don't know. I'm going back to Star Wars. I actually don't really remember if there were fucking bird calls or not in uh, Endor. You know, I'm not... I'm not a Entirely certain either because it's been a long time since I've seen seen those movies. I mean, it's a yeah. I mean, you're right. It is a forest. I'm sure it is. Sure, somewhere along the line, there's some bird calls, and then at least tonight, there's some bird call in the in the in the forest moon. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, man. How you been? Not bad. Not bad at all. Doing anything fun? Uh, you know, yesterday, I got to uh, I I had to work a double Wednesday night to get yesterday off, but I got yesterday off and went to uh, Rocky Horror Picture in uh, downtown Canton and actually got to enjoy the, the theater of watching Rocky Horror as an audience member with a prop bag. Okay, so uh, what, they do at the palace? They do it at the palace. Nice, man. I love going out to the palace. It's it's a It was a good time. It was a very good time. So, you know, Aaron and I actually, we were just at the palace uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? We see Dream Theater out there. Nice. And I, I'm not making this fucking story up. So we're watching Dream Theater. And if you don't know, Dream Theater is a really, uh, they're a very technical band. They have a hazer going, which... For non-theater folks, uh, a hazer is just something that adds to the air so that that way... Oh, that was a weird pop-up. But yeah, the hazer adds mist to the air so that whenever you're watching a show, the laser lights look a little bit cooler. Like, the lights have a little bit more of a beam effect. It's going to, uh, you know, it's just... It's it's a technical thing. Like right. You use it just, you know, it makes the show look better. And Dream Theater is a very technical show. A lot of uh, fucking moving lights, a lot of action, a lot of things happening. Usually a projection screen. Super cool fucking show. Right. And so the hazer's going, and I think nothing of it, but I lean up and I look at Aaron because it's an old theater. It's got to be at least 100 and some years old down there at the palace. Right. We're up front. There's very few exits in the palace because they didn't design it with fire safety in mind. Nope. And I go, you know, man, this is the kind of place where if a fucking fire breaks out, we are all going to die. Yes, absolutely it is. Fucking give it a beat, and the fucking fire alarm goes <laughs> off. <laughs> Like, the hazer had set out, that's the only thing I can imagine, is the hazer sets off the fire alarm. So we're all looking around, and I mean, like, a couple people panic, of course, and they fucking just haul ass out. Like, they don't give a shit. They're leaving their kids, their wife, their spouse. They don't fucking care. They are gone. Right. And, like, Aaron and I are just sitting there, and I'm like, and we're looking at each other, because it's like, I just fucking said that. This is, this is this is you and Aaron predicting who's going to hit a home run in the World Series all over again. Oh, man, we're I'm fucking dying. And fine, and then it goes off, and they're like, you know, oh, everybody stay in your seats. You know, it's all okay. It's okay. You know, we turned it off. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, did they fucking turn it off? Because, I mean, the hazer's going to cause this thing to go off, like, the entire fucking night. Right. So did you turn the fire alarm just off in general? So I have no idea. Like, I survived the concert, obviously, as I'm sitting here talking to you. But I'm thinking, holy shit, dude. Like, this is where it fucking ends. Okay, so interesting fact, too. I saw they had, um, like, before they started playing the movie, they, they had that they have the original cloud machine still at the palace and they so how much of a fire hazard is that original cloud machine at this point too uh, i mean if it's taken care of because you're talking about the projector that puts clouds up on the ceiling and it makes no, it look really nice the, the hazer the, the, as from what i could tell it's it's the it's the cloud the haze machine haze machine well the hazer for uh I don't know about the, I mean, I don't know about the general one in, like out there because I didn't look. I mean, the Hazer, the Dream Theater would have browsed their own Hazer. Probably. Um, I I honestly, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they have an old one, but I mean, there's fire codes and shit you got to follow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know how old Hazers go back and how old fog machines and shit go back. So, I mean, obviously they go back to like fucking forever. So right. Go back to at least the 70s. 
But I'm a, I'm honestly don't know. Like that's I'm a tech theater guy, but I really have no idea. Ah, I mean, as long as it's still working, though, that's the important thing. Yeah, that's because you're not really work like the fire hazard of a fog machine. I don't know. Like I'm not sure how concerned I'd be. The the fire hazard to me would be the actual wiring. The the wiring is where where you would start having issues because older wiring with newer. Yeah, but that shit would just get brittle and break. I'd imagine. I mean, I have no fucking idea. I'm not a goddamn electrician. I mean, I they always tell you get your antiques uh, rewired. For that reason, because it'll it'll actually burst into flame. Or I could just say fuck it and not buy antiques. That too. Like I was go to Target and buy something that you know hopefully isn't gonna fucking catch on fire. That too. It's kind of my goal. Right, but Rocky Horror Picture was really cool for me though because I got to see a a friend who I, I've been seeing a lot more recently. Uh, she came not so much out of her show, but you know we've talked about going to Comic Con and being. In our element and being around those people that you're just like, man, this is where this is where I am. This is where I, I belong. These are my people. Like that was her her moment of this is where I am and this is where I belong. And it was awesome to see. I tend it, was, to en- it was great to see someone else in that element. I tend to enjoy Rocky Horrors just because the people that go to Rocky Horror tend to be my kind of people. Yeah. Like they're usually theatrically inclined folks. God, I haven't been to a Rocky Horror, I think, since college. Yeah. So last time I did it with a ro- with a prop bag and everything. Yeah. Uh, do, they, uh, do they still do the Virgin thing? Yes, they did. All right. So uh, for those of you that don't know, if you see Rocky Horror live with the prop you, bag and you, everything. If you look closely enough, it's I didn't get mine completely off because it's the first time I'd ever been. Oh, man. So you were the Virgin. I you was. were one of the Virgins. I'm sure. I mean, there's always a fucking ton of them. Oh, yeah. So uh, you go out to Rocky Horror, and if uh, this is a tip for you guys. So I'm going to give you some spoilers here about how this shit goes down. So, you know, if you're a first timer, you know, you're going to you're not going to be surprised like I was and squiggles may have been. I don't know. No, I, I knew about this because I didn't <coughs> go for years. I just always worked on Halloween. So, it oh, so you know all about the virgin. Uh, amazing. So you get out there and they say, you know, virgins who've never seen Rocky Horror live like this. Come on up. And you go up, and I don't know what specifically yours was. In college, there would always be a drag queen that would do uh, some sort of dance, lap dance, tended to be. And you would get a big lipstick V on your forehead. We got the lipstick V. It, we didn't get the the drag queen. It was just the guy running the show. So yeah. I, I was actually. Did he give you a lap dance? No. Oh, man. The fir- I was You're missing the, out, man. The I first was time the I did it, I had first a... virgin of the night. He marked me before he even went into the theater. So. Because my friend is the like. Oh, you do virgins on the way in. They didn't no, call him up. Well, they 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 kind of call him up at the same time, but then you know the palace is small enough. He was going around just marking people. I remember. I love going to see Rocky Horror, and again, I haven't seen it. in, Oh God, it's been almost a decade. But one of the things I loved about it is you always see people who are like you know they'll be like, oh, the virgins up on stage, and you always see just a crowd of people looking at each other like, I'm not gonna fucking say anything. You fucking send me up there. I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> And uh, actually, I apparently knew a lot of people at Rocky Horror last night. Uh, one of my employees went up there. So I was talking. Oh, yeah. We had the same conversation at work. And I was talking to her about it. And, you know, we're like, oh, yeah, did they do the virgin thing? And my boss was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what kind of shit are you guys talking about today? So uh, apparently he wasn't aware of the virgin thing. Apparently. Which, I mean, you know, yeah. So if you weren't aware of the virgin thing, now you are. Now you can sound cool to the Rocky Horror picture uh, crowd. Right. Uh, you stand up, you do the time warp, of course. Uh, what is it? You throw some bread at the st- at the you, screen. You throw some bread, you throw some rice. Yeah, you throw some rice, you get newspaper out for when it rains. And you get a squirt gun to make it rain. <coughs> of course, it's only natural. And then right. there's some other shit. I don't remember everything. Uh, there's, a, there's a light, there's a glove, there's um, noisemakers. Yeah, you dance for the time warp. Oh, yeah, man. It's been a long time. I haven't done, I haven't done Rocky Horror in a very long time. 
God, I don't think I've been free on Halloween. And cards. Car- cards was, I think, the final thing. Yeah, I always feel bad for the poor bastard that's got to clean the palace up afterwards. And you know he's getting paid well to do that. Well, dude, I'm pretty sure most of the palace is like, I mean, I'm sure they have a janitorial staff. Most of them are volunteers out there, I think. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of the ushers tend to be volunteers because they work for the uh, Stark County Hunger Task Force. So, completely off topic, let's talk some volunteer work there. No. Yeah. But, no, man, that's cool. You had a good time. I'm really happy for yeah, you. It was, a, it was a really good time, and I hope I get to do it again. If not next year, then sometime soon. I uh, I did not do anything uh, live like that. Yeah. Uh, I did ghost tours again last night at Spring that's Hill, cool. so that was cool. Uh, we're recording this on Friday, November 1st, November so last 1st. night was Halloween for us. Yes. Uh, yeah, I did ghost tours up at Spring Hill. Um, it was me, Kathy, and uh, Sammy. Oh, fun. And uh, Kathy and I were the tour guides. We did... Uh, what did we do? We did random number generation to figure out who had to do two groups. And uh, Kathy lost one. I don't know. It all depends on how badly she wanted to do two groups. So I only had I had the middle group, and then I hung out with Sammy and just bullshit. And we're talking about uh, we were getting ready for next season. So we're doing a live theater up there next year. So That'd we're pretty cool. excited. Pretty That'll excited. <clears throat> I still have a slight cough, but it's almost gone. So that's exciting. Hopefully. Yeah, that was cool. Hopefully there so. were uh, there were actually uh, Moaps. The Maslin Organization for the Advancement of Paranormal uh, Paranormal Studies. So Ghost Hunters were there. Cool. So they haven't released their findings yet. They said they had some activity, and they said they had some shit happening. Of course uh, they had activity. They always have activity. Yeah, man. That's what they're there for. I know. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm a bit of a skeptic on that shit. Like, I believe in, like, fucking, like, Loch Ness and shit. I'm like, oh, no, Nessie's real. But I don't know about some of this ghost hunting shit. <laughs> Uh, and I believe in ghosts. That's, that's the fucked up thing. Like, I totally think ghosts are out there, but I don't think some random guy who, like, I don't know, uh, is just like, ah, oh, I found the ghost. Like, I don't think Maslin Organization for the Advancement of Paranormal Studies. So I don't think they're the ones finding ghosts. I don't ghosts. know if you've ever seen this. There's a show called <sighs> Paranormal Home Inspectors. They actually take a, a licensed licensed home inspector in. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a fantastic show, and it tells you why some of the things that you think are happening, and in like the oh, first oh, episode. Oh, ghosts! Actually, you just gotta fix your boiler. Yeah, or my favorite is in the first episode. Oh, there, there's uh, movement upstairs. He's like, you, you've got raccoons fucking up here. Like that is literally what, <laughs> what the answer was. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like, I said. I totally believe in ghosts. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not like a skeptic. Like, you know, I, I think ghosts are, but I just, I don't think some random guy who like fucking, you know, it's like, well, in my hobby is I like to fucking hot ghosts in Maslin, Ohio. Right. Like, I just, I don't think First that's. First of all, maybe you find one in your lifetime. I don't know. Because again, we believe in it, but how real are these hauntings? That That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, the thing is like, and I know Spring Hill, like you go up to Spring Hill and we say we have ghosts up there. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't experienced anything like really paranormal. Uh, I don't like going in Irene's bedroom back there because Irene's bedroom is just creepy to me. And I feel, always feel like someone's watching me. Maybe it's Irene. I don't know. Like there's just, it's not negative energy, but there's definitely energy in there. Right. So I don't like going. And at this point, even if there's not negative energy, it's in your head that there's something going on. No, there's totally something. Like I was in there last night, like we were uh, closing the store windows and I was like, I don't want to fucking be in here. I don't want (laughs) to fucking be in here. I don't want to fucking be in here. And it's like low lit because we were doing the ghost tour. So we keep it like nice and like the the lamp levels like low. So it's like kind of spooky. And I'm just like, fuck everything. I don't want to fucking be doing this. You know, this is slightly off topic, <clears throat> but if you go to any nursing home, you will never see <clears throat> the number 13 as a room number. I've heard that before. Don't know why. But it's like they'll skip it in floor and like, you know, building sometimes. They'll skip shit the like 13th that. floor and they'll skip the 13th room number. Yeah. So our rooms go from 112 to 114. Yeah, man. Well, that's because humans are just superstitious bastards. Yeah, like all yeah, of us, is. man. We're like, well, we've all got our quirks. 
But yeah, I was not having fun. But I'm like, you're in Spring Hill. Like, oh, I heard a noise. I'm like, yeah, you heard a noise. The house is 200 fucking years old and it's windy as shit out. (laughs) Oh my God, it was so windy yesterday. Yeah, it was. A couple of the inflatables in the front yard are all fucked up. Thankfully, Halloween's over, but uh, it ripped the dragon. So we have um, in front of the Chrome Commando headquarters, uh, you can see it on our Facebook page. Uh, I had a big, uh, like, eight foot inflatable dragon in front of the house because why not? And fucking the wind fucking ripped that song, bitch. The, uh, the main base out of the ground. Wow. So it's still staked down because I used the stakes and the fucking base stakes. But I was like, holy shit. I don't know what it caught, but it fucking ripped that bitch out. Wow. Yeah, everything else was fine. I guess <laughs> everything else was low enough to the ground. Uh, the ghost looked very perturbed. He's got his mouth open like, ooh, and he's just rocking back and forth all over. So I've got to find uh, I've got to find some space so I can drive those out. Maybe the garage or something. Maybe there'll be a, a weekend project or a next week project. I don't know yet. I haven't figured it out. Figure it out but when we get there. Exactly. Like, you know, we got Parker's birthday tomorrow. So or his party tomorrow. His birthday's not till Tuesday. So we're getting ready for that. And uh, finally two years old. Yeah, finally. What the fuck does that mean? Finally, like, oh, God, this kid's been around for fucking ever. No, man, I can't believe it. I, love, I know. My little guy's turning two. What the shit? I know, right? Oh, man, he's going to be doing this fucking podcast with me soon enough. Oh, you know, that'll be cool. I can't wait to see the first Parker podcast. Yeah, you say it's cool until we kick you out. <laughs> That's what's probably going to happen. <laughs> man, we want to do... Um, I really want to do a segment with Parker and call it Dungeon Crawler. Yeah. Just because he's like a little guy. So, you know, be like, oh, Dungeon. And just like talk about like geeky, like kid shit. But obviously I need him to talk and, you know, like want to talk with me about geeky kid shit. And I just need him to learn to talk. (laughs) That's the first step. Yeah. he's. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not terribly delayed, but he's really and he's really picking it up now. But he's definitely there's some uh, there's some improvements we could have for his vocal uh, capacity. He's getting. Oh, yeah, he's totally getting there. It's just like, well, you know, it's like I always know. But he's not going to hold a full conversation. Yeah, I'm always nervous, man. You know, I'm a parent. That's just kind of what we do. Yeah. It's in the fucking job description. Sure is. But I mean, other than that, I did some, uh, but I did some fun shit at least. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like it was just all work and volunteer work. I uh, I watched Watchmen, the second episode. That's cool. Um, Man, I don't know what the fuck's happening still. Like, I thought the first episode was fucking crazy. Uh, man, I really don't know what the fuck's happening in this episode. Okay, so are you going to continue watching until you f- figure out what's going on? Uh, I'm in the bag for it. Like, I'm going to watch the full season at this point. I really like what's happening. Uh, Regina King's really cool. She is a fucking badass. And, like, I don't know. The cinematography's really fucking good. Yeah. Like, the, I was watching, rewatched the first episode, and there's this fucking awesome moment towards the end of it where they're sitting around, and they're, um, they're eating. Uh, you know, it's just like a little family dinner thing. Like, you learn a little bit more about what happened uh, in the second episode, so it makes more sense why. But uh, Regina King's character sitting there with uh, the chief of police. And I think I already gave spoilers that it doesn't end well for him in the first episode. Right. So uh, if I didn't, you know, I'm really sorry that I just spoiled that shit for you guys, but you should get out there and watch it. So anyway, uh, they're eating dinner uh, around, like, you know, family style, just around a circular table. And they do this overhead shot, and it's like a fucking clock. So there's a big circle, and then he's like at the, like the 11:55 position kind of thing. Oh, okay. So it's like fucking doomsday clock, like fucking, right. uh, you know, like Watchmen kind of style. Like, you know, a couple minutes to midnight. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, it fucking uh, he dies in the first one. So, and they do this cool scene where his badge is on the ground because the chief of police got like a sheriff's badge, mm-hmm. and a fucking drop of blood hits it like the fucking comedian thing. So the second episode, they explain a little bit more of the backstory about why the cops are wearing masks, like what happened, why Regina King has like a bunch of white kids when her, like, you know, it's like, whatever. I'm not like, I'm nothing against mixed race families here, obviously, 
But it's like her and her husband are not white. Mm-hmm. So, and there's like three white kids running around. They're like, mom, dad. It's like, so of course they're adapted, but you're like, why? Where the fuck do these kids come from? And so they explain that a little bit. <clears throat> and I mean, I spoiled the first episode, but I'm like, I'm trying not to. Yeah. Like, I don't want to ruin it too bad for you guys. So they had that. Uh, what else did they explain? Uh, I mean, they opened a lot more fucking questions. So like I said, the first one opened with the uh, Tulsa Massacre, which uh, I did. I discovered that a uh, fuckload of people I know thought that was not real. So I don't know how well you know your American history, but uh, Tulsa, 1921, there's a neighborhood that was called the Black Wall Street. Okay. And it didn't go well because uh, apparently um, a shoe shiner got into an altercation or was accused of... I believe it was just cues. I'm guessing probably nothing happened because they're a bunch of racist asshats. But there was some sort of incident involving, I believe, uh, a young lady. Okay. And so fucking at this point, like I said, this neighborhood was called Black Wall Street. It was the most uh, it was the wealthiest uh, black neighborhood in the United States at the time in 1921. And fucking like there's this huge fucking like riot that happens and fucking just all these people are just just slaughtered like the official count was like 25 people died wow. like wow wait to hear this shit fucking the american red cross refuses to put out an actual fucking count and like recently like oklahoma's like yeah we're pretty sure like 300 people fucking died wow yeah so they fucking they destroyed this fucking african-american neighborhood and it's just it's fucking crazy like they used fucking homemade incendiary devices. They're dropping like fucking bombs from fucking crop dusters and shit. <clears throat> and I remember I heard about this. I like I, I remember learning about it once in college in like a fucking diversity in American literature class. And we read like some accounts of it. But holy fucking shit. Like seeing it like that's the first fucking scene in Watchmen. So it opens with that. It opens with this little boy who's got to get the fuck out. And, you know, his family like sacrificed themselves to get this fucking kid out. And then this little boy ends up, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, fucking spoilers some more. Like, he's this fucking old man in a fucking wheelchair that's talking to Regina King. And he plays very prominently in the second episode. Okay. And I should have looked up the actor's name because I knew I was going to talk about it, but I'm an asshole. And he's fucking stellar, dude. Like, this guy does a great job. And all the actors in Watchmen are doing a fucking awesome job. That's good to hear. Yeah, man. Like, they're fucking, it's solid shit, dude. Like, I don't know what's happening, but it's pretty solid. And I mean, like I was saying, the cinematography itself is fucking so cool. Like, you see all these just really cool, like, overhead shots or just cool use of, like, the camera angle. It's not like when you're watching, like, the original Thor movie and it's all, like, fucking Dutch angles from the side. Right. It's, like, it's like it's super well done. And it's, like, it's, it's interesting. Like, I don't know what the fuck's happening at points. But you're hooked. Yeah, like, I really enjoy watching it. Like, the fact that the cops are wearing the masks instead of, like, the vigilantes is fucking crazy. They have this like sub. Um, did you, you read Watchmen, the actual book? I, right. I read the original Watchmen. Yes, I haven't read before Watchmen, and I haven't seen the show. Cool. I haven't watched before Watchmen or uh, read before Watchmen either. So we're in the same boat. I don't know if that's fucking important or not. I mean, this show takes place in fucking nine, in two thousand and nineteen, fucking Tulsa, Oklahoma. Right now, like we're not in fucking New York. I don't know what the fuck. So the reason I say that, you remember in the in the book, uh, you had the fucking like Black Freighter shit. Yes. So you have that entire like side arc, and have you ever watched? And they took it away from the actual Watchmen movie. Yes, but they they made it into its own. They made its own cartoon. Have you ever watched it cut into it? It's like a director's no, cut I that cuts in. It's really cool. It adds a little bit. I mean, one of the things with the Watchmen movie, I really enjoy. I really like it. I mean, it's a shot for shot. It doesn't translate as well, I think. Like, I think it loses a little bit of its soul somewhere. Yeah. And But they do add the Black Freighter uh, animated bits into the movie. 
Like, if you get the chance, watch that fucking cut. It's fucking aw- It's way better. I mean, it's already, like, fucking a three-hour movie, so it's right. like, yeah, here's a fucking 12-hour movie. Like, you know, you gotta fucking, like, take time off work to watch the fucking movie at that point. Right. But, but it, it if, is super fucking cool. It, oh, it is it. worth it. Like, I highly recommend, you know, next time you get a couple, you have some free time or you're on fucking, like, a staycation or something, definitely check out Watchmen think, with I the Black Raider. I think you can find that in, like, the cheap cheap movie bins at like walmart and shit yeah i mean like you can probably stream it pretty fucking easily too like i said you gotta find i i don't know if it's a director's cut or a special edition or a right. special edition director's cut but whatever it is find watchmen with the fucking uh black, black freighter ship because it is really cool so this has this fucking this subtle side plot that talks about they call it a uh, american hero story and it talks about like the first episode it just kind of had like an opening to it and mm-hmm. it had like fucking comedian night owl uh, Hooded Justice, like, you know, all the, like, the original Minutemen right. that, like, predate the Watchmen in this universe. And then this one had a really cool, uh, like, fucking Hooded Justice scene. So it was like, oh, that was actually really fucking cool. I don't know, I, I don't know where it's going yet, or if it's just like, yeah, we're gonna do these vignettes and kind of... So is the... <clears throat> would the, um, would the kid who's now the grown man in the wheelchair have been the Hooded Justice? No, no, it's not nothing like that. So that kid, he's just his entire plot point is like they find him next to like the fucking hanging. Oh, they when they kill the the cop, like the mm-hmm. chief of police, they hang his ass. They lynch his ass. Oh, really? I, I'm fucking dead serious, dude. So it's like it takes some race relations and shit. Like I, I, I've heard on some other podcasts, like Watchmen is like the blackest show on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I, I don't know. I don't think I'm qualified to fucking talk that part of it, but like they fucking they they're flipping race relations and thoughts like that on its fucking head and it's super like i said it's it's fucking awesome like another thing that's kind of fun is if you watch it so like i said virginia king plays um a cop that's you know tells everyone she's not a cop because she got shot once and she doesn't want to fucking get shot again which totally reasonable i don't want to get shot either uh what i fucking love 50 cent i don't want to get shot nine times yeah for real um, her husband is in the show. Uh, he is a fucking. He's like the stereotypical like spouse eye candy. Uh-huh. Like I mean, I like I mean, looking at the guy, I'm like, man, that is a good looking fucking dude. Right. So and it's like that's his kind of thing. Like his thing is like, oh, I'm gonna make the home and I'm gonna do this and like my wife's gonna go off and be this fucking badass. So like it flips fucking gender relations kind of on its fucking head too. Like the most badass cop out there is fucking Regina King. Like she's not the fucking like docile. Like oh honey, good luck at work tonight. Yeah. Like there's uh, there's two other like masked not heroes but cops. So there's like Glass and Red Scare. Red Scare is like this Russian dude who wears like a fucking ski mask and is just like fuck you. Like legitimately like that. He's like right. he's fucking awesome. And fucking Glass is this like stereotypical like southerner who's got this fucking like super thick accent and he's just a really interesting and like i i don't know there's just something like when he's he chews up the fucking scenery when he's on stage right like when he's when he's in the fucking scene he just chews up whatever's happening and i'm so intrigued by like what's this fucking dude gonna do is he a good guy is he a fucking bad guy because he wears this like silver fucking like face mask thing mm-hmm. not like not like a face like a visor like cobra commander but it's actual like a fucking like just like a piece of i don't know like just silver fabric and like he's a reflective so hence, is, like, it, the is glass. it like um rorschach where it kind of changes or is it, uh, it's nothing it like that i mean it's like war it's like it's not like a it's like a rorschach mask and how like tight and like fucking mm-hmm. like i don't know conforming it is to his face but it doesn't change or anything it's like the silver fucking reflective mask 
And like I said, this dude just fucking chews up his fucking scenes in the best of possible ways. Because, like, he's there, and I'm like, you're going to fucking notice what he's fucking doing. Right. Like, the second episode, he hops in fucking uh, Sister Knight's car, Regina the King's car. And she's like, you know, fucking, like, what's going on? He's like, you know, it's like, you got any food? <laughs> and he's just fucking, he starts eating these fucking peanuts, and he's delivering his fucking lines. And it's talking about the dead chief of police, you know, and, like, he knows how tight the chief of police and uh, Sister Knight are. And he's just like, you know, she's like, well, did he suffer? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's fucking eating the shit. And it's just like he just fucking chews through the scene in the like, in the best possible way. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, he's just so, like, for some reason I'm like fascinated when he's on stage. Like when he on stage when he's on camera. I'm just like, what are you gonna fucking do next, man? Like I want to fucking know. Right. This actually sounds incredible. Yeah. I do want to watch it at some. And like I mean, so like at one point, like they show him at home and he's like eating a TV dinner and he's watching that American Hero story and he just fucking lifts up his fucking face mask and he's just fucking eating a TV dinner and like his boxers on his couch. So he's just with wearing... the mask and boxers. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like fucking great. That's awesome. Like, this dude, like I said, like I don't know where he's going or what his character arc is. I, I'm gonna be betrayed if he's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, I want him to be a good guy because I just, I want to be able to like him and I'll be betrayed if he's a bad guy. Because I don't know, I don't know who the fucking bad guys are. I have no idea who I'm rooting against, who I'm rooting for. The Ozymandias shit I talked about, uh-huh. it just got fucking weirder. So he wrote a play that's the fucking origin story of Dr. Manhattan. What? I sh- <laughs> Okay, so I, I was talking about it last time. I was like, oh yeah, he's got this fucking watch. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's like the watchmaker's son. Because uh, Dr. Manhattan's a fucking watch. His dad was a watchmaker, yeah. you know? And he's got this fucking watch. And, like, it's like he left the watch and, like, the fucking, I don't know, the reactor, whatever makes Dr. Manhattan Dr. Manhattan. So his fucking, his butler and his fucking maid are doing this fucking play. And there's all these people in, like, weird black ski masks that are, like, playing instruments and shit. You're like, this is weird. They're your stagehands. And so the fucking, I don't know why, but they're doing this fucking play. And like the butler goes into the fucking, uh, again, spoilers coming up, guys. So fucking close your ears, I guess. So the butler goes into this fucking, um, like the, the reactor, like during the play, like you're like, oh, this is just a play, whatever. And it's terribly acted. It's so funny. Watching actors act bad is one of my favorite things. Yeah. Because like that, you know, it's like, oh, you have to be a bad actor here. And it's like. Oh no, I've left this in the, th-. and it's like, well, you're so really, they, 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 you're telling me they go. Ooh, uh, they go Captain full Kirk. bad actor, which like this dude is. I'm pretty sure that this Lee, that this guy, this Butler, uh-huh. is fucking Ichabod and Sleepy Hollow. Okay, like, I didn't watch a lot of Sleepy Hollow, but I'm pretty sure if you put a beard on the son of a bitch, I'm pretty sure he's fucking Ichabod. And I, I did like Sleepy Hollow. That was a fantastic yeah, like Sleepy show. Hollow had some fucking moments. And Ichabod was a damn good actor. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pretty sure so it's fucking Ichabod. That's that to me right there is worth price of admission. Yeah, if I, I wanna, remember, I want to watch Ichabod. Like and I say, terrible at acting. Yeah, so well, yeah, you want to see Ichabod's dick because you're gonna see that too. Well, what do you mean? Well, I mean, it's it's Watchmen, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, so anyway, so, like, the dude goes in the fucking uh, thing, and Asimidius is like, yes, do the lines, do this, and then he's like, and now, and he fucking plungers, like, Wiley fucking Coyote, and the fucking, res- like, thing is a goddamn incinerator, and it fucking engulfs this cat in flames, and he's screaming, ah, because <laughs> of course he's on fucking fire, fire. and the fucking maid is like, <laughs> and she's fucking whimpering. He's like, better tears, better fucking tears. And he's pissed off. And you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear the fucking butler's voice. And you're like, what? And you look and at the top of the screen, fucking they're lowering down this cat in a fucking like fencing mask who's painted blue. And there's this fucking dick just. <laughs> 
And fucking, you're like, oh, shit, the butler's fine. Like, oh, I thought he died. Whatever. Well, then the fucking thing's over, and all the fucking musicians take their masks off, and they're just fucking clones of the fucking maid and the butler. And they're like, what should we do with the one in the incinerator? And they're like, ah, we'll throw him in the basement with the rest of the with the rest of them. Oh. That'll be a use. And you're like, what? And then he looks at the one fucking dude, the one musician who's the fucking butler, and he goes, what's your name? And he gives him a name. And he's like, how would you like to be the new Mr. Phillips? And it's like, so there's a fucking procedure for fucking killing these fucking dudes off. It's like fucking Venture Brothers where Hank and Dean keep dying and they're just like, we'll get the next Hank and Dean out of the tanks. Wow. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this in this plot point. Sounds fantastic, though. No, I actually really like it. I know. Like, I mean, it's on Sunday night. I'll fucking I'll watch it Sunday night because I really do enjoy it. I don't know what's happening, but this is, I gotta I gotta find a way to watch this. You gotta watch it. What's well, on fucking H? We have cable. You have cable right here, like right in front of your bedroom on this TV. So I was like, "What do you mean to find a way to watch it? Just gotta find the fucking remote for the TV and the fucking thing for it. You can watch it down here. It's yeah, dude. It's fucking great." Definitely. So, so, speaking of great shows, I've been watching uh, Blind Spot lately. No I, idea what that is. Okay, so it is a show where this girl shows up in the middle of, of New York City, completely naked, uh, no no memory of what's happening. This is the one where she's in the fucking duffel bag? Yes. Hey, I know the show you're talking about. She's covered in tattoos, and these tattoos are, pl- are different puzzles to great crimes that are about to happen, or, or things that, you know... Should should be happening here soon. It's a little bit of that memento vibe, right? Yes. All right, cool. I know the show, but it, it's been it's been. I'm I'm only about seven, <coughs> seven episodes in, and it is a fantastic show. It's one I think you would really like because I know it's got that weird science fiction to it. It's got that like real life element to it that you're like, what the fuck is going on with this mystery woman? It is. It's really good. I don't know. I'll let you finish it because I need to. I don't think the show got many seasons, if any more than one. It's definitely got at least two. All right. Oh, well, you're going to have to tell me if it, fit, if it answers questions. Oh, that is the concern I have for Watchmen, by the way. Yeah. So the fucking showrunner is like fucking Lindelof. Uh-huh. And is that's like one of the guys who was part of fucking Lost. He didn't answer any fucking questions in Lost. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm fucking scared now. <laughs> like, I didn't fucking know this This cat was the same dude uh, who like helped fucking like chart Lost. So I'm like, oh, shit. This ain't fucking good. Nope. I'm nervous now. <laughs> I don't like this, man. Yeah, no, I I know it got at least two seasons. I think it's gotten more than that, and I think it's still running too. Is it? Yeah, I don't. I don't fucking know. I don't watch a lot of like. I don't watch a lot of network TV. I watch, like I say every week. Well, it's, like, on, it's on. It's on. It's uh, on Hulu, which is how I'm watching it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't watch a lot of network TV in general. I don't have. I mean, I use like I use your Hulu, I guess. Yeah. I don't, really, I don't know, man. Like Hulu's cool and all, but I'm like a fucking Funimation Netflix dude. I don't know, man. It's like fucking stre- the streaming wars out here. I'm like, fuck it. This is who I'm with, and this is who I'm staying with. Whereas I'm going, no, give me everything. <laughs> just just give it all to me. I love it. I mean, like Disney Plus, I'll be using oh, that shit, but I'm yeah. getting it for free, so wee. But yeah, I like, I, like I said, I remember Blind Spot coming out. I just don't remember. I don't think I, I know I didn't watch it, and I didn't know how long it Because it was like, it came out like the same time like Scorpion and shit came out, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're, I think it came out after that, actually. Might have. But I just remember seeing previous sort in the, for around football season. Because I think it was a fall show. So yeah. I remember like, oh, you know, stay tuned after this episode of fucking football for blind spots. And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, let me know I, how it goes, I, man. I, th- I think you, at least from the first first few episodes, I think you would enjoy it. 
Hey man, I like I'll give it a shot. Like I'm gonna let you finish it first because I don't like watching shows where they have terrible fucking endings. Yeah. Or just cliffhanger endings where they're like, we're not gonna answer shit. Do me a favor, don't ever watch Reaper. I love that show, but you would not like the way that ended because it got cut before it uh, fin- before its third season, and the third season was supposed to answer a lot of questions from the second season. But it was right in the middle of that uh, writer's strike in like 2007. Ooh, and- that was never good. Yeah. So it never came back, but it would have been fantastic had it done that. Yeah, I mean, I remember my mom watched it, and then I just I never got it. Was one of those shows that I missed out on. I really liked it, but it was it was also like I I loved it for the because uh, it would pull up um, different uh, different devices to capture whatever demon soul had left hell. Yeah, and the first one is a literal dust devil. Let's see what else have I been doing? I've watched. I watched uh, more Dr. Stone, so that's oh, getting yeah? fucking crazy. Yeah, it's about to go into, I think it just finished uh, its second or third arc. Okay. So now it's going to go into, uh, their arcs are super fucking short in Dr. Stone, but I think it's only got like 24 episodes right now. So it's about to go talk about like kind of explaining like what happened in the world. I don't know if it's going to explain why everyone turned to stone or not, but uh, so that's pretty, that's been pretty fun. I've been enjoying that and uh, my hero has been back. That's so cool. I think we're like two or three episodes into it now. Uh, we're three episodes into it. Like I just, uh, Deku just got with, uh, Mr. Night Eye, Sir Night Eye. So we just met up with him, uh, who was All Might's old apprentice. Oh, so yeah, man. So that's been pretty cool. That'll be on, uh, tomorrow. I'll be able to watch the next episode. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. Uh, they still haven't put new dub piece out. So that kind of sucks. I'm waiting for that. That didn't this end the probably be the end of November though? Ah, I mean that's what we're guessing. They just said it's coming soon. I was hoping it'd come out around now with Stampede in theaters, but you don't get everything you want. Uh, and then Fire Force. I'm keeping up with that. That show is getting fucking. I don't know what's happening there either. Yeah. Well, it, I I really want to go back and watch that one because I I only watched the first episode and I was hooked. Yeah, man. It's I mean it's a cool show. There's a lot of fucking action to it. There's some heart to it. Uh, it's definitely one of those, like, everybody they fight so far has become, uh, with the exception of uh, a character named Joker, uh, pretty much everyone they fought has become their friends. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's like, you know, ah, oh, fuck the fifth, well, now we're friends. Ah, fuck the seventh, now we're friends. So I'm waiting to see who the next fucking group they have to fight is. Right. So I'm guessing they're just going to unite all the special fire forces and then go after these white-clad dudes. I don't know. But, man, I've been really digging it. Like, I definitely recommend checking out Fire Force, Dr. Stone, My Hero. Funimation, pretty much. Yeah, Funimation. Well, I mean, if you're in America, I don't know. If you listen to this in Britain, I don't know where the fuck you're going to watch them. Oh, dude. And then I think the last thing I really have to talk is just like fucking this open section is uh, if you guys haven't seen yet, you'll be able to find it in the show notes and you'll be able to find it on our Facebook page. So it's Crow and Commandos on Facebook. You can find the bone book that we are going to use for the book club. It's going to be the uh, just, uh, I think, the first adventure, first trade paperback. First trade paperback. Uh, you can get as low as like eight bucks. That's where I actually already picked mine up. I got it for about eight, eight or nine dollars. Man, I haven't bought my copy yet. I'm already ahead of you. Well, I yeah. haven't cracked it yet, but I'm I'm planning to sometime soon, like within the next week or two, to start start reading it, so I can read it once or twice before we 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 do the book club. I figure it's short enough. I'll probably be able to read it a couple times. Uh, I'm probably gonna pick mine up in December. I'm thinking. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what time allows on this one. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. So Bone Book Club. Uh, I'm thinking actually that stay tuned. Maybe once we get to the end of this month, I might pick up a couple and maybe we'll be able to uh, give a couple out to our uh, listeners. Oh, that'd be cool. So that'd be kind of cool. You know, you guys get some uh, Bone Book Clubs. Hopefully you listen in and uh, enjoy that with us. So fingers crossed on that shit. Right. Uh, And then finally, as promised, we're finally doing our segment Artist of the Week. 
Artist of the Week. Which we promised like three weeks ago. And we did. We've had some problems. We lost an episode. Uh, we didn't do it last week because I forgot to put it in the show notes. It was, it's been a couple of crazy weeks, that's for sure. So the Artist of the Week is uh, Mirka Andolfo. Uh, she is an Italian artist. Uh, in America, she just wrapped up her run on Unnatural, which I believe, don't quote me, but it looks like it might have been her big breakout book in Italy as well. Okay. Uh, it was through Image Comics. Unnatural was a 12-issue series about, uh, the best way I can put it is a pig lady who has crazy dreams about uh, having um, intercourse with a wolfman. Oh. And he kills her. Okay, then. Uh, it gets fucking weird. As, as wolves are wont to do to pigs. Uh, it gets fucking weird, but, like, in the best of ways. Like, I'm yeah. not going to spoil this because, like, it was such... Reading Unnatural was such a fucking treat for me. Um, it was drawn by her, it was written by her, and it is fucking phenomenal. Oh, see, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. I, I, knew, I knew it was It's strong. all her book, man. That's awesome. So, uh, I, uh, I fell into it. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it came out... I think it started coming out last year. And I remember seeing the uh, previews, and they were like, Hey, check this fucking book out. Like, you're not going to regret it. And the reason I was drawn to it was because of the art, uh, right. America's art. And I think I'm saying your name right. If I'm not, I totally apologize. I, I just sound like a stupid American, I guess. Uh, but her art is fucking, it's very elegant, I think. Um, some artists, like, you know, they start drawing and it looks like they never stop, which, like, sometimes it really works well. Right. Like, depending on what you're looking at or depending on what you're watching, that's kind of what you're going for. Like, that's the vibe. Like, I always say Darksiders, they started drawing war and they never stopped. Right. Her art is very elegant, and it's, I don't want to say it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it's there. It's detailed, but it's like it knows where to stop, and it knows what to do. Like, she has a very deft hand when she's using it, uh, when she's drawing, and I'm really fucking impressed with it. Um, I mean, the coloring on it's fucking phenomenal, so I'm not sure if that's her or not in Unnatural, but it's like these nice, cool colors that really complement the art as well. Like, it's just... I mean, it's it's busy, but it's and it's bustling and it's beautiful and it's it's just gorgeous. That sounds amazing, and I'm definitely gonna have to pick that book up. As oh well. my god, dude! Yeah, I definitely have the first couple issues laying around. If you'd like to borrow, well, I have all twelve issues, so you can actually borrow it no problem. <clears throat> but I cannot recommend Unnatural enough. And like I said, the writing itself was really tight. Um, sometimes you run into the issue where they don't translate so well. Right. I did not see it. I didn't have any concerns with it. I felt the writing was super tight. Uh, it's in this kind of like fascist kind of world where it opens up and you're like, what the fuck's going on? Like if you turn 25 and you're not, you're not married with kids, they're like, yeah, you're going to like, it's not a selective breeding program, but it's like a selective dating program. Huh. And like, ah, oh, dude, there's like, I, I, I'm not going to spoil it. It was a treat of a fucking roller coaster to go on. She's also been doing some of the, I think covers, for the uh, DC Bombshell books. And I know you love those books. You've oh, fucking many big fan. Uh, she's done, so she's done some work for, I think, Valiant, Dynamite, DC. She, she's getting a shitload of work out there. Uh, and you can find some cool interviews of her at Comic-Con. <coughs> but definitely check out, like I said, just check out on Natural. I think it's two right. trade papers. Uh, six issues all, uh, sorry, 12, 12, 12 issues, issues, probably six, six issues, issues uh, trade. Uh, and just fucking just dive in, man. Like, it's just gorgeous fucking art that you just can fucking, yeah, man, make a fucking meal of it. Like, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I mean, in full disclosure, it, it gets a little lewd. Um, yeah, so I mean, they're animal we're, people. We're adults, and so. Yeah, we're a fucking adults. And I mean, it's not like, 
I mean, there are comics out there that it's like, oh man, you know, like look what's going on. Like it's it's sex for sex. Right. This one, I think it's it's done tastefully. Like I think it's done with a purpose and it's done pro. It, not that like I mean those books, the other books are wrong, but this one it's done really fucking classy and really artistically. Which like, is always it nice. serves the purpose of the story because like sometimes like. I don't know, like, say Leslie wakes up, like, fucking, I don't know, naked or something. You're like, oh, what's going on there? I was like, well, it fucking makes sense, man. It's fucking hot in my apartment. I don't want to fucking sleep with clothes on. Right. So it's like, I like, I do remember, like, I read that, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm fucking glad Parker isn't reading shit right now, though. Yeah. Because, like, it is one of those comics that, like, I fucking bagged and boarded and put, like, in the fucking back of the stack. Like, got to keep this out of the reach of the little guy's hands. Right. But, oh, dude, it's fucking, it is phenomenal. Uh, she's an artist right now. It's She's definitely on my short list right now to keep just up and coming and uh i mean not really up and coming she's got her own fucking shit yeah but it's definitely one like for me that i'm like okay cool so if i see there's another title either she's on or she's drawing she's writing it would be an automatic pickup right now if not an automatic at least a i'm definitely going to think about picking this up nah man they could she could be like hey man i'm gonna do a story about fucking uh hamsters and how much they fucking like to run in wheels okay and i'll be like i'm in fucking let's party man let's do some hamster wheel running america and dolfo Got our, you got our vote. Yeah, man. Fucking America and Dolfo, you're doing fucking great fucking work. Keep it up. I fucking love what you're putting out there right now. And uh, now it's time for news. Newsy, 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 news. News. Uh, so, do you, did you hear about the uh, Naomi Watts uh, Game of Thrones prequel series? I hadn't heard about it. But Good, I wasn't, because it's canceled. I, I wasn't a fan of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's because you're fucking wrong. I didn't so, have I didn't have HBO forever. It so. doesn't mean anything. You can fucking get HBO. I got the first fucking season I could lend you. Maybe one day. But man, you're killing my setup for this. You're supposed to be like, no, Chuck. Way, I don't know anything way, about it. I don't know anything about it. Well, it doesn't fucking matter. You already killed my setup for the joke. She'd be like, no, Chuck. Tell me more. And tell I would have been more. like, oh, fine. Yeah, well, fine, man. It's like a fucking pity joke here. Yeah, it's canceled. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, HBO decided they will not be moving forward with the Naomi Watts uh, prequel that's set thousands of years before uh, the Game of Thrones series that we know and love. Right. Or love to hate at the end because season eight had some problems. Uh, with uh, that, though, where one is canceled, another is ordered. Woo! So they canceled Game of Thrones uh, prequel and they have greenlit straight to series the Game of Thrones prequel. <laughs> uh, this one is set... Uh, a few hundred years beforehand, it's called like House of Dragons, and it is going to be about the rise of House Targaryen and their conquest of and the Westeros civil, and the civil, Targaryen civil war. Uh, I don't think they're going to go anything crazy like that. Um, so in the Game of Thrones mythos, what happens is Aegon the Conqueror lands at King's Landing mm -hmm. with a fuckload of dragons, and he's like, "I'm the fucking king now, bitches," and he just takes over the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, so yeah, that's what's going to happen. And then sometime over the next 300 years, uh, the Targaryen house has a whole bunch of incest. They get a mad king, and uh, Game of Thrones happens because uh, Robert overthrows him to get Robert Baratheon, and then fucking Joffrey, and then Tommen, and then Cersei, and then Bran. Okay. Yeah, no, like you're like, you're like, that's weird. If you ever watch Game of Thrones now, and you watch the first fucking episode, and you go, Bran? 
That motherfucker becomes king at the end of that shit. <laughs> Dude, I got some fucking thoughts. Like, if this was a fucking... If we'd have been doing this fucking podcast back in when Game of Thrones ended, I got some goddamn fucking thoughts. Yeah. Fucking Bran? Bran the fucking broken? Dude, it's the fucking kid in a wheelchair. I'm not saying you can't be king if you're in a fucking wheelchair, but it's also the weird fucking guy who's like fucking... He looks like he's more likely to fucking eat pieces of the fucking God's wood, man. He's just staring. They're like, oh, I've got to go now. And he fucking pieces. He's fucking weird as shit. Okay. And that's who they make the fucking king in Game of Thrones. Nah, man, it could have been some cool fucking character like fucking Tyrion or fucking Jon couldn't be fucking king. Fuck that shit, man. Oh, man, I hated the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> that fucking shit was bullshit. Like, I didn't even give a shit about Danny turning evil, but fucking Bran the goddamn king. This is fucking horse shit. <laughs> who wrote this shit? George, if you're listening to this, please, I am begging you, change the fucking book ending. God dang, man. That's fucking. I got. Some, I got some fucking thoughts on this shit. And uh, let's keep with the Game of Thrones theme, man. Benioff and Weiss. They are off fucking. St- Everyone's getting fired this week in Hollywood. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> so D and D as they go by, uh, Dave Benioff and uh, Daniel Wise or whatever the fuck their names are. Uh, right. Benioff and they were tapped to do a Star Wars saga. They, they were tapped to do a trilogy. Correct? Yeah, one of the one of their own sagas. Uh, uh, we didn't know next- what it was going to be. We didn't know where the fuck it was going to take place. Uh, but it was going to be the. It was going to have nothing to do with the Skywalkers. It was going to be another part of the fucking galaxy that, I mean, just so none of the Skywalkers were a part of this. And that was going to be the start of the next. And so they get to the end. Well, it wasn't going to be. The, they weren't going to lead the start of the next one. They were going to be their own thing. And then Ryan Johnson's got his own thing. OK, so Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy still on. OK, so people were thinking that maybe they were going to be doing the fucking Old Republic. I don't know. They ain't doing shit. They fucking left. They're they fucking gone. Like, they're fucking done with Star Wars right now. So, I don't know if they got kicked off of it. It says they left them pretty amicably. I don't know. After what they did to fucking Game of Thrones. Here's the thing. Fucking Benioff and Wise, if they had shit to adapt, I think they're really fucking good. Right. I think their own. Sort of. You know, I gotta say sort of. Because I'm reading more and more fucking interviews with these goddamn idiots. And it sounds like Game of Thrones fucking was magic. Despite their fucking arrogance and incompetence. Like, they had to reshoot the fucking, uh, their pilot. It was a fucking mess. Yeah. So, they realized, like, they were, like, a couple months in, like, before it premieres, before it fucking goes on, and they went, oh, shit, man, we don't have an episode with the king and queen talking to each other. Like, Cersei and Robert have this ama- have a, like an amazing fucking, like, moment between them. They're like, we don't have this shit. Yeah, if I don't need this shit, right? What the fuck? You don't know your characters. So, somehow, these fucking chuckle fucks put out five fantastic fucking seasons of television. Before they really had to fucking start treading fucking like, well, I don't know what's going to happen now. <laughs> oh, go <we'll> fucking see. <coughs> and they fucking, they fucking saw. We fucking saw what they fucking saw. <laughs> God damn, dude. I, I don't know how they did it. Like, I don't know how they, the more and more I listen to them, I don't fucking know how they did it. Right. Like, I love Game of Thrones. I love the first five seasons. And I love the books. I got no fucking idea how these guys did it. Like, they're just like, well, we kind of forgot this happened. Or, oh, yeah, we did this. And, oh, yeah, we didn't pay that shit off. And it's like, how'd you guys mastermind fucking five seasons of this? Right. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like I've always heard that, like, George Lucas did fucking New Hope. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, oh, shit, I'm having a bad time. I'm going to get other people to fucking do these movies. Like, he gave them screenplays and shit. And they're directing Empire. And they're directing fucking Return of the Jedi. And they're just like, well, we're going to make some other choices, George. Like, don't worry, George, your name's going to be on this, but we're going to make some other fucking choices. Because when George gets to make all the choices in a trilogy, we get the fucking prequels. Right. Which, I'm sorry, George, I like the prequels enough. Like, I mean, we talked about it before. I Like, there are moments I truly enjoy in the prequels. Right. 
Like, but man, that's what he fucking got to do. Like, he does fucking that shit, or he gets credit for that shit, and then he comes out with that. It's kind of like these guys, like, oh my god, five great seasons, and that's what you're fucking doing? It's like they were just fucking drawing shit out of a fucking Magic 8 Ball. Like, wow, Magic 8 Ball, should we kill Braun? It says no, it says, ooh, man. Braun to be king. Yeah. Well, Bran's king. Bran's another dude. Oh, what? So, another character I enjoyed <laughs> who got a fucking ending that he totally didn't fucking deserve. That's a different story entirely. Okay. Game of Thrones got fucking weird, man. You gotta watch Game of Thrones. I, I plan to at some point. Like, I would legitimately say just for the fucking pop culture, like, fucking heritage that Game of Thrones is gonna leave, you gotta watch Because I don't think it's a flash pan. I think it's gonna be... It's gonna be something we talk about, like, pop culturally for fucking ever. Like, kind of like Harry Potter or Star Wars. Yeah, no, I really think... I, I truly feel like that'll be a show, like, we always, like... Well, man, you remember when it was really good? Yeah. Like, the ending sucked, but we got five good fucking seasons of that. Because there are legitimately five solid fucking seasons of TV, despite those idiots. <coughs> uh, let's see. Uh, you added this next one, man. You want to talk did. a little bit about uh, it? D&D bought a... Uh, wizard- Not betting okay, off so the wise D&D. This is actually no, Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons, Wizards of, Wizards of the Coast, bought a video game studio. They bought the whole studio to put out D&D games. I mean, is that why they bought it? Like, it just seems like they just acquired the studio and, like, they happen to be making a, a AAA D&D game. I, from, what I under, from the, what I was reading on it, they, they have bought the studio, or they, they were making the game and then decided to buy the studio to make the games. Yeah, because they picked up uh, Torque Studios. Torque Studios. Uh, I, I don't know, man. They've only got, like, one game out, man. It's, like, Live Lock or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't play as many video games nowadays. Uh, I do know that another studio, I think it's Black Isle, has Baldur's Gate 3 coming out. Right. And I'm going to be honest, if I had to pick a fucking, like, ah, I want a, I want a D&D game, I want fucking Baldur's Gate 3. Like, that's what I want. I don't give a shit what they're putting out. Right. Like, unless they come out and they go, hey, man, you like Dragonlance? Because <laughs> the answer is fuck yes, I do. <laughs> like, if they're like, yeah, man, we're going to do a fucking full, like, War of the fucking Lance thing, it's going to be great, man. Yeah, we're going to do fucking, like, Legend Saga with Huma. We're going to fucking do... Like, oh, man, the companions and shit. Hell yeah, man. I'd be all about that fucking life. Yeah, no, I... And you're I like, hope, what the fuck are you talking I, about? I know very little of the Dragonlance. My, my dad read the dra- Dragonlance. I never read them, but... Dragonlance was my introduction to uh, TSRs. Okay. Like, fucking Dungeons & Dragons sets. That's cool. Yeah, man. Uh, Margaret Margaret Hickman and... Uh, no, Margaret Weiss and uh, Tracy Hickman. Okay. They, uh, who, uh, they were the fucking... For me, they were Lord of the Rings. Okay. Like, I read their books. I read uh, fucking Dragons of an Autumn Twilight, and that began my love affair with fucking sword and sorcery. Gotcha. So, like, I fucking soft spot. So if they come out with a Dragonlance game, I'm fucking in. I mean, but it's, it's, wiz- it's Wizards of the Coast who produce everything for D&D. So they... Everything- <coughs> yeah, they own D&D. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they come out with. I mean, I'll give them a chance. If they do, like, a cool, like, loot-style game like they were kind of talking about in the article, mm-hmm. that'd be fun. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I like I said, I want Baldur's Gate. That's what I really want. Yeah. Um, I don't want, like... It felt a little Diablo-y. That sounded like they were kind of describing to me. Which, Diablo's fine. Diablo's not a game... Like, I don't know. Like, I never got into Diablo like other people did. Right. And randomly enough, and we don't have it in the news, but they did just announce Diablo 4, it sounds like. Okay. So people are losing their collective shits for that. I, and I can understand why I know I know how popular Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 were. I never, I, like you, never got into them myself, but I, I had friends who talked about it nonstop. Yeah, I know people who fucking love Diablo. 
So, I mean, that's cool, but hey, we'll see what happens. Like, if they have direct control, the one nice thing is that means they could send, theoretically, they could send uh, whoever their lore master is, or whoever mm-hmm. their main writers are, and they could craft a fucking... Uh, they could craft an amazing universe that fucking like oh it's gonna take place on the sword coast but it's gonna go through this game and this game's gonna use these characters from this kind of module or I mean it could be really interesting like if, depending but on they, what they, they use for I supplementary mean, yeah, material and what they do with it I think can, it could be really cool you can have guys cool. like Chris per- Perkins Matt, Mer- Matt Mercer and um, you know guys that have actually written books for, for D&D and written stories and modules and all kinds of different things for, for D&D writing the story for the these uh, games and I want I, I really hope that you get character creation in these games much like you do in a D&D game that's what I really hope for is is the character creation the character spread like I hope you can you can choose you know a tiefling and make it a warlock or make it a, a paladin if you really want to I, I hope you get that that creativity in your character creation well, I think you're definitely getting the, I think you get an option like that I mean, we live in a world where, like, Skyrim gave you, like, crazy character creation. So I don't think if that, like, if that's your big concern, I think we definitely should be able to get that. It's not my big concern. It's just, that's something I've always liked in video games is doing character creation and turning, you know, doing different uh, different points for different mm. things and, and making different types of characters. Like, that was one of the reasons I loved the wrestling games for so long was because I love to just sit there and make characters. Forever. I think what you're saying. The one thing I would say about that, like, I would like it if it if it felt like it actually met. Like, when I played Skyrim, matters, like, right. it felt like, ah, you know, I'm doing another human, or I'm this, or I'm that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, I'm still putting all my fucking money into strength, and fucking, I'm just going to carry everything. But if, hit if, things to death. If you if you decide to play as a, a warlock over a sorcerer, you, you should have less, less spells to use throughout the day, but your spells might be a little more powerful. You, if you're choosing a sorcerer over a... Uh, or if you're choosing, like, a paladin over a barbarian... You should have to be able to pray to your to your God to do things like that. That <clears throat> I agree. That's a big thing. You should. You yeah, and should, that's and that's what I would want out of it. Like it you should know, make a difference. Oh, totally, man. Like I mean, I want my characters to actually. I want it to matter what I picked. If like if I want to be a gnome, well, that's cool. But if I'm a barbarian, it's going to be a real bad time. Or I mean, I've seen people play gnome barbarians. It it happens. <laughs> but you've got twenty five feet of movement or twenty feet of movement, maybe. Instead of instead of uh, you know the full thirty or forty that a normal barbarian. Well, I ran a known barbarian. He had a hard time because he didn't want to admit that he was smart. Right. So like, that was my entire. Per- that was like that was my backstory. It's like he knew he was smart, but he didn't want to tell anyone he was smart. So like, he totally understood shit and like he could read a fuckload of languages. Like he was a smart little fucking bastard. Right. <clears throat> but he's like, no, I'm a barbarian because he got like adopted by some barbarian tribe. Like I think the backstory was like his mother found him. Like he was abandoned by his colony or whatever, and like the fucking mother or they like, killed his fucking. Fa- I don't remember. Right. Uh, it goes back to high school when D and D got weird and shit. You know, you had fucking lure with the iron cock out there. <laughs> like I said, man, high school D and D got weird. One of these guys. days, we are just gonna have to do an entire story of lure, just an entire episode of lure. The history of lure, part one. The lore, the lore of lure. Oh man, I should bring like Eric and some of the guys in fucking really do that yeah like talk about the old fucking days but but still like that that kind of shit should matter like if you if you choose to be a barbarian but you choose to be a halfling or a a gnome it should make it a harder (coughs) to be a barbarian and and yeah that's that's kind that's the kind of stuff that absolutely should matter yeah we'll see i guess we'll see what torque studios does with it we'll see if they actually get anything out of the ground man i mean they got one game out so far live lock so see if they get a couple more uh, and then the last news story I threw on, actually, I thought it was just kind of fun. Yep. Uh, it was the popular anime, The Year You Were Born, 
Mine, I knew 100%. I'm going to give you mine first because it's terrible. I have no idea what it is. All right. Nadia, Se Nadia Secret of the Blue. Yeah, I got no fucking idea. I never watched that one. Never heard of it. So that's uh, what, 91? So 90. 90. Year after me. So I got Dragon Ball Z. Uh, 1989. Of course you did. Of course you got DBZ. Man. I love DBZ. Everyone still loves it. No, I was about to go. Everyone who fucking grew up in the 90s loves DBZ. Uh, so the one thing that struck me about that, though, uh, and I bring it like that's why I put it in here. This is the fucking talk about the world we live in in 2019 compared to early compared to like 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I say 2000s because I was in a horrific car accident in 2000 and in 2000, the year 2000, I was in a horrific car accident. Right. Uh, like, I mean, I fucking came. I came within a razor's edge of meeting the Grim Reaper. Um, I walked away from it with a pretty serious uh, shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. uh, my collarbone was fucking smashed. Now, the reason I tell you this story is because uh, at that point, I believe it was still the Cell Saga was happening. Oh, yeah. Because So DBZ would have ended in like 95. This is 2000. This is five fucking years later. So it's like the Cell Saga. And... I, uh, we're in the car accident. I tell my mother I'm fucking fine. I'm not fine. Right. I know there is a problem, but for some reason I'm like 11 and I'm scared to fucking admit there's a problem. I'm scared to like ask the fucking ambulance people for help. I'm scared to tell my grandmother, my, my aunt, when I get to my grandmother's house, cause my mom's going to the hospital. My mom has a fucking serious injury. She's going to the hospital. Right. Nobody fucking goes, maybe this fucking kid's lying and he's not fine. And they let me leave the fucking scene. So then I get home and I'm like, well, I can't tell anyone I'm fucking hurt because DBZ starts in like a half an hour. <laughs> so I fucking, I can't use my right arm. My right arm is fucking obliterated. Like it is fucking trashed. It is there. If you look at it, I remember going to the bathroom and looking and like, oh, well, maybe if I do this, and I'm like, nope, it's just like hanging there. Like I got, no I got nothing happening. Completely dead. Oh, it's fucked. And I'm so fucking jacked for DBZ though. At that point, that I'm like, I can't fucking miss DBZ. Right, because at this point, it was on after school on Toonami or whatever. Yeah, it was after it was. school Toonami, man. And I'm like, I can't fucking miss DBZ today. So I fucking don't tell anyone I have a fucking injury from a car accident that looking back, like I said, like, if, oh man, I almost died in. Yeah, if someone were to do that today, no <coughs> way in fucking hell does that kid not go to the hospital. I don't know, man. I mean, if I remember an accident like that. I don't listen to Parker. I fucking take him to the hospital. Right. So I fucking, oh yeah, dude. Like, but anyway, so I tell that story because like I said, so we're still in the cell saga at this point. And the reason it's important is because that's fucking like five, six years after Dragon Ball has Dragon Ball Z has fucking ended right. in Japan. So this show's fucking over. It's years later, and we're getting towards the end of DBZ, but we don't fucking end DBZ for another couple years. Right. So fucking, I live in a that's two thousand. That is nineteen years later, two thousand nineteen. I live in a fucking world where the three animes I mentioned that I'm watching right now, like Hardcore, like Dr. Stone, Fire Force, and fucking My Hero Academia, I'm watching them the same fucking day they come out in Japan. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to, as soon as we're done with this show, I can go upstairs because fucking Fire Force and Dr. Stone aired today. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, they're simulcast right the fuck now. That's awesome. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. My Hero Academia, fucking, it's on tomorrow. 
Like, it's not just fucking on tomorrow. Like, oh, that's when they fucking... That's when they're going to release the episode for dubbed. It's fucking on tomorrow. Like, the right, fucking... They are, they are releasing the episode dubbed and... and in yeah, it's like an Japanese. hour after it's in fucking Japan. It's fucking... I can watch it on my fucking TV here in Maslin fucking Ohio. That's... Like, that's the fucking world we live in, man. That is where fucking... That's where we are with fucking anime now, man. Yeah. I mean, that's where we are with anything. Like, I fucking... I want to watch fucking British TV. Well, I don't have to hope that they're going to bring fucking Doctor Who over to sci-fi on Friday nights at 1030. I get BBC America. Yeah. Like, they just broadcast that shit straight over to the fucking states now. And it's funny because BBC America plays, like, three shows... And Doctor Who is ninety percent of their shows. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like I can watch like fucking Doctor Who and like Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, and then there's like some random uh, world life Earth or something uh, show. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know one of my fucking favorite shows to watch is it's called uh, fucking uh, it's eight out of ten cats does countdown. Noel got me into this. It is a comedian panel show in Britain. Fucking, I, they don't air it here in fucking America because apparently they think panel shows are stupid. Uh, it's, they're not. They're fucking amazing. Watch fucking 8 out of 10 cats and watch 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. It's fucking phenomenal. So anyway, yeah, fucking it's in Britain. I want to watch that shit. I fucking just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I don't have to even find a fucking TV channel. I just fucking Google that shit and it's easily defined nowadays. Absolutely. It's And that that is incredible <coughs> too. That is in and of itself is incredible that we can go okay Japan's got this an hour later America will have it like, and have it where they can understand and don't have to read it like, that's I, awesome I remember watching anime at fucking conventions and it was always like you're fucking searching for this like magical fucking anime you're, you're like I mean, oh, we, I, we've talked about this yeah before. we talked about it's, a little bit before you know? it, it, it's going into the back room where you're like okay how legal is this shit yeah dude like I fucking like there's plenty of animes and like I can just fucking watch them now. Yeah. Like I just Or or if you if you want to go back and watch some of the older ones, you can just go on Amazon and go, "Okay, I I want the whole series. Which one do I want?" But it's like 2000 like and like I said, like it's just it was a stark contrast. So like I was watching this. I'm like, "Oh, Dragon Ball." Oh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, cool, man. Like 89. Like, yeah, that makes you know perfect sense. You know what's cool? Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT all popped up on that list as the most popular. Oh, most fucking assuredly. Like, Dragon Ball was great. Dragon Ball Z is fucking phenomenal. Amazing. Uh GT I didn't really dig GT as much. I thought it was kind of cool they made a consequence to use the Dragon Balls. Right. Because instead of like, oh, the Dragon Balls are this fucking, like, get out of jail free card, they're like, oh, shit, now there's like an evil red fucking Shenron. What the hell? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty sweet. But overall, GT, like, I haven't watched any of Super yet, I hate to say. Really? Like, yeah. I, that surprises me. I, yeah, I know. It's just, I love Dragon Ball Z. I still love to watch it. I, I still pop it on once in a while. But uh, Super, I don't know, like... I just, I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I haven't watched Super either yet, but I, I mean, at one point I will, I'm sure, but. Oh, I most assuredly will. I just haven't done it yet. Right. But I mean, that, like, that's the fucking world we live in though. And that's the thing. Like, I love Dragon Ball Z, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a big butt in this case. Fucking, do I love Dragon Ball Z? Because I was like, oh, I had like five fucking options at that point. Like, well, I can fucking watch Dragon Ball Z or I can watch Sailor Moon, which I watched both. Right. But it's like, I had to pick one I really like more. Obviously Dragon Ball Z. Fucking, we live in a goddamn world where I can fucking watch this shit an hour after it airs in fucking Japan. And you can you have you have options of a billion different things. Yeah, do I want to watch it fucking subbed, dubbed? Yeah, your choice. Like I can watch it fucking dubbed. I can watch and it dubbed. It, there's so much out there you can go. Okay, do I want to watch a romance show? Do I want to watch an action show? Do I want to watch a magic show? Do I want like you, there's so many fucking options out there. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. The, the amount that you can actually go in and say, I want to watch this tonight. Or, yeah, you know, I'm, fe I'm feeling in a bit of a comedy mood. I'll watch this one tonight. Yeah, there's like hundreds of fucking things. 
Like, I, it's just fucking incredible to me where we are, like, right now. Like, how connected the world is. Like, people like to shit on, like, what's happening in the world. Like, oh, this is sad and shit. Like, that's one of the coolest fucking things. Like, how connected we are. And, you know, you say how connected we are. How about the fact that when you're done watching it, you can actually connect to people and go, how fucking cool was that episode? Yeah, I mean, like, we don't live in the world of fucking forums anymore, unfortunately. Like, I kind of miss forums to an extent. Like, it was something magical about the fact you get online and be like, oh, man, you go find a message board and, like, you start posting shit. Like, this is what I fucking think. So there's something magical about that that I think we've lost a little bit in 2019. But, like, I can find a Facebook group and I can fucking just really, like, real-time chat with people. Right. Like, how fun? Like, that's fucking incredible. Like, oh, the DBZ Facebook group. New episode airs tonight. Bam! Like, that's fucking awesome. Obviously, it's not DBZ. But no, but still. I know exactly what you mean. It's just like I said, it's just the fucking the timing of it. Like, it's not like, well, man, I really and hope I, I mean, you've, you've also got people like live live watching as they're, you know, YouTube people wa- watching the show, chatting with you about the show as they're watching it. Like, stuff like that is awesome. It's, yeah, it's just a fucking phenomenal world that we live in. Absolutely. And like, as a geek and as a fucking, as an anime fan, I fucking, I could not be happier about it. Right. And so, like I said, that's why I threw it on there. Because I'm just like, man, I got to fucking, I got to talk about this. Like, just the fucking, the world, like, uh, you know, almost 20 years difference. Like, roughly, it'd be, yeah, it'd be about 20 years. It was around uh, November. It was around Thanksgiving when I was in that car accident. So, it's been about 20 fucking years now. And I just fucking can't believe it. Yeah. I just can't fucking believe it. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Oh, man. We're out of news. We're out of news. I got nothing else to talk about in news. I got some shit to talk about in the discussion, but I'm out of news. Out of news. So, today in the discussion, we got two things to talk about. <clears throat> First, we're going to lay down a, uh, <clears throat> well, second, we're going to lay down a playlist for you guys, which hopefully by the time you listen to it, you listen to this, uh, you'll be able to hop on Spotify and hear what, uh, just 10 songs that we really enjoy that, you know, like, uh, yeah, we'll talk about those, but yeah. some 10 songs. Uh, first, though, I put Gateway Games down. Okay. And I put it down because we had a good time last week at John's bachelor party. We did. We played what I consider to be a gateway game, uh, Mysterium. Mysterium. Mysterium's a great gateway game. I thought it misfired, though. It did. So, not so much like, you know, the game itself, but gateway games in general. Like, some people hate the term. Like, you know what I'm talking about when I, I say gateway I games? I do, yes. It's it's games like, um, you got me me started with, um, what it, what's, what's the superhero game? Sentinels of the Multiverse. Thank you. Uh, you got me started with Sentinels, and with Sentinels, because you knew I was a comic book guy, mm-hmm. you, you got me started with Sentinels, and you're like, by the way, we play games all the time. You, you Welcome to join us anytime you want. Oh, yeah, Sentinels is definitely what got me into the hobby. Yeah, so Gateway Games in general would be the game that brings us into the hobby. Right. Um, you know, it's that kind of introduction of like, oh, shit, board games are more than Connect 4 and fucking Parcheesi and, and Zari. Fucking Monopoly. So, there are gateway games. Um, I like to use... Mysterium's one of my favorite gateway games. Uh, Mysterium's a little bit like Clue meets fucking... Uh, I don't know, man. It's a deduction game. It, it's Clue meets charades. It's meets, like, like... I mean... It's Super Clue. It is. I would say it's Super Clue. So, the way it works is you're getting hints and you're getting these weird cards. Uh, it plays like seven people, so it's almost a party game. And you're just... You're, you're able to work in a big group. Now, it didn't fire last week. I think there were some things that went wrong... Uh, I think the group was uh, getting a little inebriated, which didn't help. That does not. I don't think they were focused in on that because they're like we tantalized them with like the group had D and D, like we knew there was D and D to play, but we're like, oh, let's play this other game. So I think that didn't help. Right. And I think like we just didn't set it up right. Like I think the fact that we separated the ghost from the players and there was a lot of downtime between. Yes. So I think that hurt that. 
We just I mean, we we didn't really have a big enough table to do that. Definitely. Like I think if we don't wanted to do a gateway game at that point, I think we should have taken code names. Code names. I think code names would have been good. I think busting out on tour, roll and write would have been good. Once you explain the rules, on tour makes a lot of sense and it works for a lot of right. people. We were playing cards against <coughs> humanity before you got there, uh, and that was a decent time. But that's not really a gateway uh, game. That's just a party game. I unpopular opinion. I do not like cards against humanity anymore. Uh, I liked it for a while, like when it first came out, or when I first started playing, and everyone's like, "Oh, Cards Against Humanity!" Ha <laughs> ha! What brought the you know nudist party to a halt? Bees! Ha ha ha! The game has soured on me though. It's like I don't, I could not play Cards Against Humanity again for the rest of my life and be happy. I understand that. I honestly, I could probably be the same way. I like cards. No, that's not good. You own cards. I own cards. I like it, but if I never played it again, oh well. Uh, I honestly, I feel the same way about Joking Hazard, too. Yeah. I could never play Joking Hazard again and be very happy. Yeah. Like, I just, they're, I don't know, man. They're just, they're not fun to me anymore. Like, okay, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, we're fucking all horrible people. And, you know, we put fucking, you know, oh, no, wild Michael Jackson appeared. Yeah. Fucking, you know, you quick, use children on leashes. Mufasa's death scene. Yeah, it's like, I just, I don't yeah. know, man. Like, I just, it just doesn't. And it, it, do, it doesn't strike the same level of fun no, for me anymore. It, it, get, it gets old very quick. I mean, there are people who fucking swear by Cards Against Humanity. Oh, absolutely. And I I mean, I again, if you have a big group, it's a great game to bust out. But uh, I, I, That's why I have Mysterium. Yep. Like, I try to keep my group smaller than seven people. So anytime I'm like, oh, man, we should play a party game. Oh, I got cards. I have this game called Mysterium. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, have you guys played it? No. Okay, cool. Let me fucking tell you about this ghost game. Yeah. And I do my fucking damnedest to sell it. I love Mysterium. Mysterium is... <coughs> I think Mysterium is a great gateway game. I think we had the wrong group for it. And we didn't really know the group well enough to go, I can give you this card because you'll, you'll connect it here. I can give you this card because you'll connect it here. And definitely, I definitely agree with that. So I guess I wonder what I'm... You know, is that... Does that make it a good gateway game, though? Like, does it have to be the right group for the gateway game to fire? <coughs> I don't necessarily <clears throat> think so because I know... They were ha as some of them were having fun with it, and then the one or two people. Well, I think when you explain it, people enjoyed it. I, yeah, I mean, I think it was only the one guy that wasn't having fun. I, yeah. think, I think it was only Anthony who wasn't enjoying it as much. Right. Which I mean, you could tell. I felt kind of bad, but I'm like, well, we're kind of midway through the game. Sorry, bud. Like, yeah. we're we're kind of stuck. And I think that's another question though. Like, if it's not going well, like, is it bad to stop a game? Is it bad to stop a game for beginner gamers? I mean, like, what do you do in that case? I mean, like, other guys were having a good time. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because I, I don't know that you cater to one person, but you also don't want that one person to not have fun. Well, yeah, if they're not having fun, I mean, a game that takes an hour, even if it's a fucking gateway game or not, it's still taking a fucking hour. Right, and at, at that point, you're slogging through an hour, and oh. it feels like two or three. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest, man, by the end of that Mysterium, I was like, I think by the third round, I was like, we have made a fucking mistake. Yeah. Like, I was not feeling it. But I, th I think you're right. I think them, a lot of people being inebriated, I think... You know, yeah, I think there were definitely a lot of things that were going against Mysterium in yeah. that case. But I, I still think, I personally think Mysterium's a great gateway game. I think, like, Tokaido's a pretty good gateway oh, game. Oh, I love using Tokaido as a gateway game. Tokaido is a fantastic gateway game. I currently, so, like, I mean... Because it does, it does, it, there's a great gateway game, I think, is a game that doesn't have a ton of rules, but is also challenging enough to, to go, okay, we can do this, and we can even step it up more if we want to later. Well, the reason I, like, agreed, like, you know, sidebar... Totally agree. I like using games like Takedo. Uh, I like using Mysterium because 
I don't think it gives you the illusion of choice. Right. But it's like you have very few options. Right. Like, okay, cool. You can only pick people right now in Mysterium. <clears throat> it's like, I know you can only pick options that are A, in front of you, and B, not full. Right. So I think those are great. It, it, it's the, it's the. do you go to the Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors, or do you go to Mom and Pop who's got chocolate, vanilla, strawberry? Sometimes you're better going chocolate, vanilla, strawberry because you have less choices. But it's not saying that fucking gateway games have to have less. Oh, I absolutely think, not. Uh, I use Ticket to Ride as a gateway game all the time. Ticket to Ride's a great Ticket to Ride gateway. plays up to, I think, six players. And, I mean, you've got the entire map of the United States that laid out where you're able to, like, all right, guys, let's fucking... Like, here's how you play it, man. You just got to match colors. Like, you want right. to fucking take this route, you're going to need five orange. And, you know, it's like you just fucking teach that rule. Like, all right, cool. What do I do on my turn? Uh, you either lay a route or you take two cards. Your fucking choice. Right. Oh, okay. And Sentinels. Sentinels, you can choose a thousand different... Play, power, power. draw. And then the game plays itself for the rest. Like, the fucking... Yeah. I mean, you have a ton of choices <laughs> of heroes. You have a uh, you have choices oh, yeah. of who you're going to battle. Yeah, there's like over 5,000 fucking cards in Sentinels. I still yeah. haven't finished uh, leaving my fucking copy. I now that I have it all. But Sentinels is a great gateway game because it gives you that, that, that choice, but it also gives you power, play, and then, I mean, it, it literally, you, you, it's a very strict way of play oh yeah man well yeah i mean it's a card game yeah and the one thing i like about it, a lot of people they may not have grown up playing board games but a lot at least a lot of people i hang out with they Grew came up, up from heroes. fucking well they came up playing card games that too so it's like playing like Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon uh magic the gathering there's always that crowd of people that have that fucking experience so i find using a game like sentinels is really like oh shit i like card games and yeah. like oh you like sentinels cool hey i got this superhero card game that's marvel like we played those fake heroes because i love sentinels but it's like you know they're made up heroes for their universe which is perfectly right. acceptable but now but you then you go something. then you go okay who's your favorite superhero well i like batman okay you're gonna like this guy i mean like you can literally yeah but then when you tell me that i can bust out the dc card game that too so i also have that not as good as legendary though no. Like, DC card game, eh, it's okay, man. I'm not the biggest fan of the de of that deck builder. I like the fact that you have individual powers. That part's fun. Yeah. But I will take fucking uh, Marvel Legendary every time, every Absolutely. day of the week. <coughs> but yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I think a good gateway game, I think it's it's going to give a little bit of choice. But it's not going to oversaturate you with choice. But I think there's a shitload of strategy also to it. Yes. Because I think a good gateway game should be able to say a fucking a hardcore gamer as well as that fucking like beginner gamer right so it so like our first time me coming over you should go okay let's play sentinels this is a cool game my like favorite I, game it's it's it, one of your favorite games for, my favorite like, game in general okay your favorite game mm -hmm. you okay you know i like superheroes you, okay let's play this superhero game it's fantastic we'll play so we we sit down and play you've been playing for a couple of years at this point you're playing hardcore games, and this is still a game you can get in and go, I love this game. Oh, yeah, I love my favorite fucking game. This game. Well, the thing I like about it, it's got it lets you set the difficulty as well. Right. Like if you I can give you a deck like Haka, and it's like, all right, you're gonna be Haka, uh, who's like incredible Hulk-esque for those of you that don't know Sentinels. And you fucking all you have to do is just, oh, I'm gonna play these cards and try to juice up my power. Whereas I can play a complex deck like the Sentinels themselves. Mm -hmm. And the Sentinels are a fucking deck that play four different superheroes. Basically an Avengers-style deck. A little bit. Like, it's the it's the only deck in the game like this where you have multiple heroes that you're controlling at once. Like, you can play Solitaire and you can play up to five heroes at once. Right. But if you play the Sentinels, 
you play the Sentinels, and then everyone else still has their own hero. Like you have four different heroes under your control. It's very different and very challenging and unique. Because then that entire deck is built around trying to get like Doctor Medico shit or like fucking Wraith shit, and so it's it's such an interesting fucking deck, and it's so complex. It's actually my favorite to play because of the complexity level of it. Because you're like, ooh, how do we set that? How do we not set it up, but like, how do we play this? Ooh, what what, what should I focus which on? What strategy do I go with? Yeah, like, should I focus on this guy? Should I focus on this guy? And when you're taking damage, you're like, oh shit, I need my healer. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's like you know, do you try to set like, ah, oh, I have to assign damage. And I mean, all your characters are going to be the lowest for a while because they all start with like 12 health. Like they right. have very weak health compared to like uh, Legacy was 26. And that's because there's four of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it makes it really fucking interesting. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of playing the Sentinels. So yeah, definitely. I think so. You have that fucking strategy. You have that option. Like when I play Ticket to Ride with a new player, uh, you'll see a lot of new players try to take gobble up the smaller routes. Yeah. And I look at like Canada routes, and I'm like, man, I can do this Canadian route. I can get from fucking Seattle, New York. I can sure. take the top of the port. I ain't never done this before. So you can try to figure that out. And like Mysterium, it's like, oh shit, man. Like uh, these guys don't know how to play, but I can be the ghost. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that, that's and, and being the ghost of Mysterium is fantastic because then you get to go, okay, well, if I'm going to be the ghost, that means I have to try and figure you out. And that, that presents its own kind of, of, you know, I think not like in general, like everyone is a different ghost and you yeah. have to figure out like what everyone's going to get. Like you didn't get, uh, I remember playing Mysterium last week and we've played together. Like we we've have. played Mysterium plenty of times. For and whatever reason, yeah, I just, wasn't clicking with. Yeah, we were week. we were not firing on the right cylinders last week because you know, like normally we do okay. Because I remember I gave you one card that I was like, "Oh, this very clearly looks like a broom." Yeah, and I know we talked about last week, Mandos, but we'll bring it up again because Squiggle should have got it. it. Was a fucking broom. Yeah, absolutely I mean, should have. I mean, I wish you would have, but it's like because I mean, it looked like a broom to me, but like you were fucking seeing shit. You're like, "What is this fucking card?" Yeah. And I think that's what makes the game so winner. Like, there's that. So it's like you also have to be able to read the people in that game. Uh, on tour is fun. It's a roll and write game where you roll two dice and you take whatever numbers you get. So like you roll uh, 56, you're going to write 56 and 65. And you've got, you're going to put them somewhere based on what the cards are. Either in like, you know, the north, the southern part of the game, uh, north of the board, south of the board, uh, wherever, like wherever you can put it. And at the end of the game, you go from the lowest number to the highest number you can. So like, you know, 5, 16, 22. You know, and you get points based on that. Like, that's how it works. So it's like, I could put my 56 in Ohio, depending on what the cards are laid out, of course. And you might put that 56 in fucking Washington. Washington. Yeah. So it's like, it all depends on like, you know, so we can have so many different things. But then you, do you start at the same point? Or? No, you can start wherever you want. Okay. So if you start wherever you want, maybe your 56 in Ohio leads you to a starting at a one in Pennsylvania and circling circling the map back towards Ohio. Yeah, that's what's cool. You build the map, like, you build the fucking route yourself. So it's like... Build your route, because you haven't played on tour with us yet. I have not. Super fun, man. Next Looks time, fantastic. I absolutely want next to. Next time you're free and we have a couple people, like, I think you need to play that game. You can play it with three. Uh, I think it's going to fit really well with, like, a five-player game. Okay. And not in the fact that, like, you need that many people to play, because you can just fucking sit there and do it yourself. I think I think there's a solo option. It's just, I think it's going to be better when there's multiple people playing, because then you can see how many different routes you get. Right. So, and like, I mean, so there's so much different strategies. It's just the fact that it offers so many different options, but it's such a simple mechanic to play. Uh, it's the same with uh, a lot of roll and rights are that aspect. Uh, Welcome to is very similar to that. Like you have three different options. Just pick whatever option every round, <laughs> put that house down, go to the next round. Right. And I think that's, and I think that's what's great about gateway games. And that's why gateway games 
are a so popular and everyone needs them. Like yeah. I think every collection needs to have a couple gateway games, at least two or three, so that you, you have you know because again you have different people that are gonna do great with different gateways. Mm-hmm. Mysterio may not have been the right gateway, but maybe maybe another one would have. Maybe Ticket to Ride would have been the better. Yeah, maybe Ticket to Ride would have hit off that night. And I was like, Noel's family grew up playing board games. Yeah. Well, they actually play party games a lot. Like they play some board games. Like I played in um, Ingenious with her dad. Which, honestly, it's one of my favorite fucking games. It's an abstract fuck. It's a great fucking game. Right. I need to buy it one of these years. But, like, they'll play, like, Boggle, but they'll play a lot of party games. Quelve, Telestrations, uh, shit like that. Right. And I'm not knocking it, but it's like, they, uh, I remember I picked up a copy of Ultimate Werewolf for them once. Yeah. And, like, we played that for fucking ever for a, one night. I, and I, I can see that. because So it's like I, a good gateway game, if you know, the, if for the right group of people. I mean, like, sometimes you gotta fucking cherry pick it for the right group of people and i think that's one of the parts that just made it so fun it's like oh great like when you bring that right gateway game or that right game to that group of people here like they don't normally play the games that i want to play right but then you turn them into guys like me where it's like hey i really enjoyed this what you got next what, what's next on the docket yeah i mean I, i'll be honest when i started playing with aaron he brought out sentinels that was the first game i played with him okay and then from there we played some later shit and then he got harder and harder and now we play shit like fucking Twilight like Imperium. Imperium. And, and we're looking like, to play Rising Sun, Scythe, shit like that. I mean, I probably played Twilight Imperium with you guys about a year after getting into the hobby. And there's no way I would have played it six months earlier. But you guys built me up to that. And it was it was fantastic little build up to, to go, okay, now this is a real hard strategy, hardcore type of game. Yeah, Twilight Imperium, not a gateway game. Not a gateway game. <laughs> Fantastic game, not a gateway. Fuck yeah, it is, but not a gateway game. Not a gateway. So, yeah, I mean, and I think, like I said, I have a big bag over there, because I've been going, uh, I did it once, and I want to do it more often. I went over to my one aunt's house, and some cousins came over, and we had, like, a family game night. We played, like, Gloom, and we played Uno, and, like, Ticket to Ride was almost pulled out, but, you know, it was put back at the last minute, so... Okay. Like I, you know, playing game like Gloom was a gateway game for them because I think, like I think, I think Ticket to Ride would be a great gateway game for my family. My family grew up playing like Sorry and you know Pokemon hey, Master get- Trainer and stuff like that. So I think that would be a great gateway for my family. But I, I also know like Gloom would be good for like my sister because we can tell stories and and do stuff like that. Yeah, that's what's fun about it. Yeah, and that's what makes it great. So I think uh, you know there's a, there's a couple gateway games for you guys. Uh, you know, feel free to let us know what other games you think are great gateway games. Uh, I really like I like gateway games. Let, I like let finding us know more. Too, let us know too what some of your experiences with gateway games. Some of us, you know, what game brought you in and what games you've brought other people in. Yeah, man, definitely. 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 Love it. All right. So uh we promised you guys we were gonna tell you about a playlist. So oh, again, I'm not hundred percent how Spotify works, so we're still figuring this out. Uh Noel's actually giving me in because I don't use Spotify, I use Apple Music. And I don't. I use you know Shazam to find my music, and then I use Apple Music to listen to stuff. <laughs> like a bum. Yeah. Shazam. Well, to find to find the music, yes. Uh, I, I'm just I mean, giving you shit, man. So anyway, the reason I say this is, uh, so we have five songs. Uh, I have five songs, and Squiggle says five songs. Yep. And I'm just gonna look over. I have it on my phone, but I'll just look at yours because it's up. Uh, my first song is from my favorite band. I put "Welcome to the Jungle" by Guns N' Roses. Uh, it opens up Appetite for Destruction. I think it sets the fucking tone for the full album. And I think no matter what you're doing, either you're fucking jamming out because you're about to pump your ass up for something, you're just like chilling, you're doing some work, uh, you know, like maybe you need some background music, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, I think Welcome to the Jungle 
perfectly fits in. I I will agree one hundred percent. I love Welcome to the Jungle. I love Guns and Roses too, and that is that is a fantastic song, and it's a great starter song too. Oh for yeah, anything. Man. Well, I think like, I've always said I mean, we weren't really going to talk much about the music in this aspect, but right. uh, like I said, Welcome to the Jungle, fucking when you look at Guns and Roses, like that fucking tells you what you're about to get from that fucking album. Right. Like you're like, holy shit, man, we're getting some fucking rock. Yeah. I, I love it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's my favorite band. The Appetite for Destruction is my favorite fucking album. I think, I personally think it's the best debut album in all fucking music. So, anyway, enough about Guns N' Roses and how <laughs> amazing they are. Uh, the next song I have is The Rocket 3 by Martin mm-hmm. Tingle. Uh, it is a newer album. I found this through the jazz playlist on Apple. Um, it's very similar to the fact it's not going to pump me up. Right. Like, it's not like I'm getting ready to go fucking fight a guy, but I think that for this playlist that we created, it's something that gets a lot of repetition for me, for my playlist. It's very calming in that aspect. Right. So I highly recommend checking out The Rocket 3 by Martin Tingle. Uh, back to rock, and I mean, for the most part, we're just, I'm a rock guy. Yeah. I picked uh, You're Going Down by The Sick Puppies. Uh, I've always imagined this song being in uh, the end of Act 3 for Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. Uh, my dream for Romeo and Juliet, and one day I will put this one on, is I want to do a version where Romeo and Juliet takes place at a Comic-Con. Oh, that'd be awesome. So it would be Romeo's family are fucking Trekkies, and Juliet's family is fucking Star, Star Wars. Wars. And then there'd be some other shit. Like, it'd be like Con Ops would be like the Prince, and probably like fucking Paris and Mercutio would be Con Ops, but they hang out with them and shit. And so I've always imagined that you're going down again. This is a pump up song for me, obviously. Um, I always imagine this is going to be the end of the third act and fucking Mercutio and fucking as dead and Romeo and Tybalt have their fight and Romeo kills Tybalt, probably slams him through a table and accidentally murders him. Because I, I think it's an accident. Like, I think he, uh, Tybalt doesn't mean to kill Mercutio. Right. And in a blind rage, Romeo accidentally kills Tybalt, which really sets the end of the play. And for those Shakespearean nerds out there, uh, but really sets the rest of the play in motion. So that's, and I just, I love it. I love the sick puppies in general. Do me a favor and write this adaptation because I would love to see this. I actually have. I've written a whole bunch. Like, I've written my fucking scene breakdowns. I have how it works. Uh, the dream is always one day to put it on at either a anime or a fucking Comic Con. Like, find a cast and do Romeo and Juliet with the fucking, uh, through the lens of Star Wars and Star Trek. Uh, number four, I put Behind Closed Doors. Uh, for me, it's always been a song that's very... It, it always reminds me of my high school friends. Uh, Paul, Eric, and V. Okay. Uh, I remember Paul introduced me to this shortly before... Or shortly after I left for college, actually. Uh, I was like... I came home and he's like, Hey, man, I've been listening to this fucking song. It's called Behind Closed Doors by Rise Against. You gotta fucking check this out. And that was kind of my first introduction to Rise Against. Like, I was in that, like, fucking... Like, alt-rock kind of scene. Mm-hmm. Like, I was all like, Oh, Three Days Grace is the fucking best. But fucking behind closed doors, I don't like it always makes me think for me, it makes me think of friends. Right. So like, you know, it's fucking it's great, man. It's like fucking I love I love it, man. Chairs are thrown, tables toppled, hands are armed with broken bottles, man. And it's like I just I fucking like anytime I hear that song come on, I just I automatically think of those high school friends. It's instant nostalgia. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, like some of my best friends on this fucking planet. Right. Like my oldest fucking friends on this planet. Because at this point, I've known Paul, Eric, and V for 20 plus fucking years. Right. So like that song, like I know the song's not 20 fucking years old, but like immediately I just, I, I have that comfort level and I just, I think of those fucking guys. Right. So, and you know, it's like, I, so I, I, I love it. And then uh, this last one's a little bit weird for me. Um, I picked Painkiller by Freestylers. Okay. 
Uh, Painkiller is a little more hip hop dance. And it's all about the reason I like it so much is just because it's like it's all about the dude saying like, the dudes are like, hey, man, here we go, man. We're fucking doing Red Bull, fucking meth, whatever it takes. Like, we got to get up and we got fucking shit to do. <laughs> and I've always been the fucking burn the candle at both ends. Yeah. And so, like, it's got like a fucking beat that like just kind of it, it's very for me, it's very catchy, which not being a hip hop dance guy like that's kind of like it's kind of weird in that right. aspect for me. But like this one, uh, my cousin or Bill introduced me to it, and I've just I've always been like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Like everything else, the freestylers do is good, but for me, it's like it's all like Painkiller is the I bought that single, and I'm like, this is the fucking song that I I, I really like to jam out to. So those are your five songs. I'm gonna, <coughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, I've not heard of any of those songs except for "Welcome to the Jungle." <laughs> so I've got some shit to check out now, and I'm excited for that. Uh, but my first song. My first song is uh, Stand Out by Tevin Campbell. It is from the Goofy movie. It is literally Stand Out Above the Crowd. Um, that song is... Is that the Powerline song? It is. Okay. Power, Tev, Tevin Campbell is Powerline in that movie. It is <laughs> fantastic. I love that song. That song is on every workout list that I've ever made. It is... Like, that's my instant pump-up song. Like right. That's the one that instantly gets me going. Um, my next one is, uh, is called Plunder by the Felici Brothers. And this is just a weird song. I think I think I got it from Welcome to Night Vale. Uh, but it it's just a weird kind of out there different song and it like it I don't know why, but it just really resonates with me. It's one thing I really liked about Night Vale. Uh the sidebar. Night Vale being a uh, another podcast out there. Really good podcast. Uh, the weather's always an independent artist. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, I've also picked up some music from them. So yeah. it's always been a good time. I, I believe that's where it came from. I'm not entirely certain, but I'm 90%. No, even if you're wrong about this one, uh, the weather in Night Vale, it's not always my cup of tea, but there are some really cool fucking artists Absolutely. that they found and they've uh, they've used. So I've actually, I've bought some CDs and really, and downloaded some music definitely from guys like that. Yeah. So this is one, this next one is one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, you Shook Me All Night Long by AC. I mean, just great instant classic rock and this is this is a song that i rocked out with my dad to like this was this was a song that he introduced me to to classic rock with i'm just fucking jamming out i love it man it's it's so i mean i mean i'm on board uh this next one is i still believe by frank turner uh it is a british rock song uh he's a british rocker but it is it's just a, a great it's a power song. It's um, power ballads. It's, it, Is I it mean, a power ballad? it's. I don't think it's a power ballad, but it, it's. it's I like power ballads. It's just a great song. Like it's just a great kind of pump me up. Gonna you know, it and it talks about um, how music changes people and how how music orchestrates the world sometimes. Uh, and it's uh, honestly, it's, I found it through Conan O'Brien. Like dude showed up and played this on months to figure out who it was and what it was at the time but i i remember searching for this song because it was so good and just stuck with me so hard and then my final song probably my favorite artist of all time eminem is cinderella man uh this is one that i don't know that has ever been played on the radio but it's it's just a great uh song and i think he's actually talking about the the boxer uh the cinderella man boxer um, in this, in this, but it's just like, I, I mean, to me, this is, uh, where Eminem puts all of his, his great writing, his <coughs> artistry. This is a song that just truly exam- exemplifies that. 
it is just it because it, it shows like how great he is with with his lyrics and like this is there's a reason it's on my list it's just it's a great song i mean i'm not i can not my cup of tea usually uh again like free like i said i'm like yeah like rap i usually avoid as well but uh hey man i'm not gonna knock your fucking list it's your list man now it's and list. hopefully commandos it's going to be your list as well uh so you should be able to find this on spotify look up crowing commandos and we'll figure out how to get it on there and hopefully we'll add to we'll add some more to it every, every yeah i think the while. odd i think the idea is like you know every uh every couple months maybe every six i don't know we'll figure it out we'll uh, we'll add over time and we'll put some more shit to it uh maybe we'll take some shit out as it changes rotation i will see we'll see <clears throat> um, if you guys have any songs though that you're also interested in, let us know. Like I would, uh, if I got enough, I would happily put up here. Like, hey man, there's like five songs the commandos are listening to. Right, I, and I love listening to new music. I love finding new music. So you do me, post shit like that a lot. I do. Give me, give me a new song to listen to because I love to. And sometimes, like some of those end up staying in my rotation for years. So squirrels need shit to listen to. He says. So uh, yeah, go ahead and send, send me stuff. stuff uh, I too will listen to it, of course. But yeah, man. So with that, uh, I think I'm running out of things to talk about. I think it's about time to close this one down. I think you're right. All right, guys. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a five star rating on iTunes. Uh, it'll help us out. It'll help other people find us. Uh, write a review. Tell us what you really enjoyed. Uh, tell us what we're doing wrong so we can maybe fix it or get better at what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we really, really want to get better. Yes. Um, I think that we're finally starting to find a groove. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys should probably let me know. Uh, you can let us know through crowingcommandos at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at crowingcommandos. Right. We said uh, we did say that earlier, but again, find us. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Let us know everything, man. So Tell I us mean, what you like. Tell us what you yep. don't. Tell us what you're listening to at this point because we'd love to hear it. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, look us up on Instagram at crowingcommandosrooster. Uh, still don't have that Twitter because I'm fucking lazy. And, uh, yeah, guys, just give us a heads up. Let us know what you like. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And, uh, Squiggles, you picked a quote on this one, so I why don't you give it to us? I, You know, I went with a, a music quote because we were talking about our music this week. So I, I went with, uh, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and life to everything. Like Plato. Man, we're getting fucking philosophical now. I know, I, but that was that was a beautiful quote for, for what we were doing this week. Agreed. I think it ties well to the playlist. All right, guys. Uh, as always, I'm Rooster. I'm Squiggles. And we are signing out. See ya. Our intro song was by Nathan Caduceus Bradley. And I sang that beautiful outro. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful week.